are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. I mean, we are covering down on some ground across the great state of Alabama from way down south of Birmingham to up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, and Mississippi thrown in just for good measure. Hey, um, I, so we're going to switch gears in the Triple Dipper. I will tell you right now, the vote count is still running about neck and neck between McCarthy and Jeffries. So... McCarthy, the Republican, at 107, Jeffries at 103, the Democrat, and then 12 votes still currently for Representative Jim Jordan. It remains to be seen whether or not uh, the last losses of 19 each by McCarthy, if that'll play out the same. I mean, if he has 19 again, then we know that there's been status quo, no, no, no momentum one way or the other. If he, if he loses by less than 19, that means he peeled off some votes. If he loses by more than 19... That means, you know, he's losing votes and it's getting worse. Uh, we shall see. Uh, third round is currently underway. We'll let you know when the final numbers come out. Hey, you may remember, um, golly, Boomer, when did I do that thing where I did the spoof on a farmer having the guy from the EPA show up at his farm? Remember that? Oh, I do. It was a while back. <laughs> that was, I mean, that was a couple months ago. A couple at least. months, maybe, yeah. uh, I don't know, September, October. Probably. Yeah, yeah, at least. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd say at least. At least then. Yeah, so here's the deal. Um, I mean, if Boomer remembers it, that means it's been the last six months. That's how long you've been here. Hey, there we go. That's hey, good. Boomer's been here six months. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, here, here's the thing. I did a spoof one day of what would happen if a farmer suddenly had a guy from the EPA show up and just go all regulatory woke on him. And, and just start laying out all the things that he had to be doing differently and how he had to stop, you know, farming in this area because there might be a red cockaded woodpecker. And, you know, and you got to, you know, do this differently than what you've been doing. And you can't irrigate your fields that way. And <gasps> one moment in the spoof that I, I wrote, uh, there was a, a piece where the farmer wanted to know where the irrigation water was coming from. And he said from the retention pond on the far side of the farm. To which the reply was, you will cease and desist that immediately. That's a navigable water of the United States. <laughs> How do you talk about it? Your USDA gave me the loan to build that farm. All right. Well, the whole thing was designed to be funny, but yet it wasn't funny. Ha ha. It was real. I mean, everything I took in, everything I did in that was taken out of the headlines. And, and I mean, good gosh. Go look up the Clean Water Act. Go look up waters of the United States. You will be replete. With articles, you will have what I call a vast cornucopia of sources from which to choose. Waters of the United States, depending upon who you look at. I mean, if you're looking at a liberal news site, it's going to be the greatest things in sliced bread. If you're looking at a more conservative, uh, um, you know, uh, media source, then you're looking at somebody that's going to go, wow, this is overreach. Well, I'm in the wow, this is overreach category myself. So the waters of the United States, the WOTUS, I shouldn't... I. I should have named this segment the POTUS WOTUS. <laughs> the, all right, we're changing it. It's the Water Wars, otherwise known as the POTUS WOTUS. <laughs> President of the United States got himself some water in the United States. So POTUS WOTUS, here's the deal. Under the Obama administration, there was a massive overreach in the Clean Water Act. How? They simply defined what were protected waters. And they expanded it to the point that you could literally have them come on your farm, your property, wherever, your ranch, 
you know, just your, your neighborhood house that's on a pond. And, and you, could, you could wind up facing federally mandated fines and regulatory overreach because they claimed it to be a water of the United States, never mind the fact that it might not even be connected to what we know as navigable waters. What they're concerned about, allegedly, is, is, is pollution. I, I get it. Okay, you don't want, you know, you don't want the big you know, plant uh, dumping chemicals into the water because it flows downstream. And under the law, lawyer Phil talking here for a second, under the law, everybody has what are known as riparian rights. That means the downstream owners of land that the water crosses over, they have rights and that what happens upstream can affect the downstream. So the riparian rights of the individuals downstream have to be considered. I get it. You don't want polluted waters. I get it. You don't want the local water plants having to do extra work to purify water drawn from an above ground source or for that matter, polluting a, b- a below-ground source. I get it. This was not that. This was down to the point that they could declare that you could no longer, you know, make use of your land where you might have been making use of it for decades. You couldn't have your cattle drinking from the water. You couldn't, you couldn't irrigate your fields. You couldn't, um, you didn't know what to do. I mean, and that was part of it was the overreach did not have enough specificity. And so the whole waters of the United States argument, it got way out of hand. Trump came in and Trump changed it. Trump came in and set a policy in place that was more beneficial to landowners. And so, yeah, what happened? Well, as soon as that happened, liberals took it to court. Of course they did. Why would they not? Trump was a signature on, the, on it, so of course they took it. God, why would they not? It was Trump. Didn't matter if it made sense. So uh, they took it to court, and a, uh, a liberal judge out in uh, California struck down the Trump-era policy and declared that, you know, you have to consider the navigable waters. The problem is the federal courts have never clearly defined what is constituting a navigable water. So does it have what the law calls a significant nexus? Well, a nexus to What? Is it a nexus to, like, it's on navigable water, or is it connected to navigable water? That's, are you on a big inland slough? Do you have a pond which feeds from groundwater, but it's next to a river? I mean, what? this has created a boondoggle. Well, there's a case before the Supreme Court right now. They're going to hear it. We expect the conservative bench of the Supreme Court of the United States to make a decision in what is known as the Sackett case. The Sacketts have been trying to build on their land since, I think, 2008. And they were told, that based upon the fact that there were navigable waters of the United States, that they couldn't build on what they thought they could build on. And they're like, wait a minute. This is our retirement house. And so they sued. Well, the Sacketts are waiting to hear back. In the meantime, the Biden administration tried to rush out in front and get a decision out there before the court could render its decision. So they're trying to regulate and put a definition that the courts are going to come back and say, here's the definition. Hmm, how's this going to work? Why would they do this? Well, I can just tell you right now, it's a thing. So Fox Business has an article uh, dated yesterday. The Biden administration quietly reinstates the overreaching EPA rule, potentially regulating puddles and ditches. I kid you not. 
It might be intermittent streams that only fill up in the heavy rain. It might be, you know, uh, puddles and places that don't get filled up until the river rises. It might be uh, the retention pond uh, on your farm. Uh, agweek.com, that's agriculture, agweek.com, dated December 30th. So we're just like, what, three, four days ago. What is a navigable water and how does it impact farmers and ranchers? I, by the way, I tried to get commentary today from the uh, Alabama Farmers Association. They were eager to speak, but they couldn't be here today. So we may have somebody on later in the week. Farmers and ranchers have been among those concerned, with says, with how the Rules Governing Clean Water Act may impact their operations. Well, the attempts, it says, by federal administrations to define waters of the United States have led to legal wranglings over exactly what is meant by a navigable water as laid out in the Clean Water Act. Does it have to be a water that can be navigated or a water connected to a navigable water? Do prairie potholes and seasonal wetlands that have more tenuous connections to main waterways, do they count? Fair questions. Shouldn't have to be a question, but it is. Well, the EPA announced on this past Friday, right before New Year's holiday, they announced a new Waters of the United States rule. And now numerous farm groups and those in other related industries are announcing disappointment. So American Farm Bureau Association or Federation, the AFBF, they came out and said they are extremely disappointed in the EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers. Farmers and ranchers share the goal, they say, of protecting the nation's waterways, but they deserve a rule that doesn't require a team of attorneys or consultants to identify navigable waters on their land. EPA has doubled down on their old significant nexus test, creating a more complicated regulation that will impose a quagmire of regulatory uncertainty. That's the farmer's... Uh, the, the Farm Bureau, National Association of Wheat Growers, deeply concerned that the EPA and U.S. Army Corps of Engineers rushed to get this revised definition out prior to the end of the year instead of waiting for the decision in the Sackett case. The National Association of Wheat Growers has stressed that farmers need clarity. You're hearing a, you're hearing a, a theme here, right? National Cattlemen's Beef Association. For too long, it says, farmers and ranchers have dealt with the whiplash of shifting waters of the United States definitions. And today, the Biden administration sought to finalize a WOTUS definition, and it creates new uncertainty for farmers, ranchers, and landowners across the nation. It goes on. The Water Advocacy Coalitions, the National Association of State Departments. In fact, I tell you what, the National Association of State Departments of Agriculture, I believe bipartisan. You know, we have our Department of Agriculture here in Alabama. But the EPA's latest rule on defining waters of the United States, says the National Association of State Departments of Ag, is a statement of federal overreach that ignores states' authorities to regulate intrastate water quality and the Clean Water Act statutory mandate for cooperative federalism. So what they're saying, basically, not only is it wrong, not only is it difficult, not only does it create problems for farmers, but by golly, it also removes states' rights. Because the federal government's going to tell you, Mr. State uh, ag leader, how to handle that retention pond on the backside of that farm. Well, we're going to take a break right now. We're going to come right back. I'm going to get into this a little bit more. And by the way, what does it mean long term? And oh, by the way, what's our own attorney general saying about it? Now we'll talk. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, with more coming to on the third round Speaker of the House vote. We'll talk about it. Be right back.
we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right, making it cool to be a conservative. Hey, uh, sitting here in the studio watching up on the big screens, and the vote has uh, changed. So, in fact, I just noticed that uh, Paul from Athens just texting the same thing, says uh, somebody strayed. It's now 20 for others. So uh, depending upon which screen you're looking at, uh, the uh, CNN screen, which is on the left side of our screens here, which makes sense, the uh, left side screen says that the others is Representative Jordan. Jim Jordan was nominated by Matt Gates to be the speaker. And then the uh, Fox News just has it calculated as others. Um, so right now, uh, McCarthy is... Oh, McCarthy's sucking wind right now, man. He lost more votes. He lost another vote so far. So far, the count on CNN screen is 197 for the Democrat Hakeem Jeffries, 187 for Kevin McCarthy, and 20 now for Other or Jim Jordan, depending on how you look at it. Well, what what that means, oh, see, it's changed again on the Fox side. It's uh, Jeffries is 201 and McCarthy is 189, but it's still 20 against um, so what that basically means is he lost another vote. I don't know who, who peeled off or whether we'll see more. Uh, but when you have, uh, was it 467 right now, just doing the math, uh, they've got about 40 or so more votes to count. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, he's not going to be speaker today. We know that, uh, we'll see it sometime soon, but not today. I'd say, I don't, I wonder how many votes they'll do in one day. You want to predict, Boomer? You got a, you got a prediction? Ooh. <laughs> uh, let's see. I would go 10. 10 today? No, not today. I meant like 10 in a day. Oh, 10, oh, 10 uh, to get to the finish chance of the vote for speaker. Yeah, like 10 in a day. I mean, is this a donut vote again? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think we should do that. I don't think so either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, know. In a day, I mean, do they do what? Five? Six times in a day? Yeah, sometimes? I mean, it, it can be as much as they want. They didn't start till midday today, and they're on three. I'm going to bet they're going to do four today and then recess for the evening. Mm. Um, and then uh, we'll see. But I'm, 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 I'm with you. I think they're looking at 10 total at this point. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we'll see what kind of concessions they have to give. But uh, right now, he's lost more votes. Now, on this, I do have a question. On this, do you yeah. know who does – it, does it list who votes for who? There is a roll call vote somewhere. I don't have access to it at the moment, but I guarantee you I can go online and find it. So that's, I mean, the reason I ask is then they can go to, during those recesses and things, they can go to those people and be like, hey. Oh, yeah, it's not a silent vote. That's, this, okay. This, they, is, they, this is not a silent vote oh, okay. whatsoever. This is a roll call vote. So they're actually calling, that lady right there on the left screen, yeah. uh, for the benefit of the uh, the, the, the members. Um, so uh, right now the uh, the clerk of the House is calling the roll and uh, and the and the other members of the uh, House Clerk's Office are sitting there, all doing you know they they kind of have a redundancy in taking the roll call, and they're marking down the votes by name, and and then you know the list gets presented almost immediately. We did that in the uh, state Senate. You know they call a roll call vote, and then if you were like, wait a minute, who didn't vote with us? You go up there and go, I want to copy that vote, vote please, and they'd have to print it out for you right there on the spot. You look over and go. What's wrong with so and so? You get to go over and see so and so and try to square some things away. Got know? it. Okay. Or you might look at it and go, I cannot believe so and so just did that. <laughs> or, but anyway, all right, we'll see what happens, folks. We'll see what happens. Hey, um, so going back to this topic that I'm on right now, the water wars, uh, uh, John from Huntsville says, Water wars, is that what you and Boomer start shooting each other with squirt guns? <laughs> no, John, we're talking about the POTUS WOTUS. So the 
President of the United States got his Waters of the United States rule through EPA uh, at the 11th hour, and everybody's like, whoa. He just did that on December 30th, right before the – of course, he wasn't there. What am I saying? He probably didn't even know what happened. Um, He was too busy vacationing in St. Croix with his family again. The president was. Uh, He was. He was vacationing in St. Croix. Uh, anyway. He goes on so many vacations. I know, dude. Like, if you and I had as many vacations, there wouldn't be a radio show. <laughs> no. I mean, he literally has been in office uh, for just short of two years. And I believe the stats that I read were he had already taken long weekends at his beach home something like 52 times. Not including the... Five-day trip they made to, where was that, Nantucket or Martha's Vineyard? Wow. And then now they're in St. Croix. It's like, really? Man. Talk about tone deaf. I mean, anyway, never mind. Moving on. That's a whole other topic. That's like, I could do a whole segment of Triple Dippers on Biden vacations. Biden vacations. Yeah. Is he here today? I don't know. Where is he at this time? I don't know. Although I do know this. For all of his green policy, you know, talk and, and, and bantering and chest thumping. Um, he flew down to St. Croix without signing the $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill, so they had to fly a copy down there for him to sign it. Separate flight. Separate flight. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, okay. because, hey. Because, hey, that's yeah. separate flight. It's fine. Carbon footprint for me, but not for thee. You know what I'm saying? Um. I'm not going to get into this this WOTUS thing again. <laughs> We're about to hit the break, and I'm going to wind up just pulling this up and then start talking. Uh, Brian from Huntsville just texted in and said, are they going to take beavers to court for building dams? I agree, Brian. You know what, though? Um, I do have a, uh, a situation near my house where someone has been breaking up beaver dams, and another neighbor has been screaming in his phone about calling the Corps of Engineers. <laughs> so probably so, Brian, just saying. Um, Joe from Owens Crossroads said, Ha, red cockaded woodpeckers, train like you fight unless there's a tiny timber bird in your training area. That's exactly right. I can't tell you how many times I had training sites in the military that we could not use because somebody had seen a red cockaded woodpecker. Man. And then, and then you, <laughs> I kid you not. Watch out for that woodpecker. You don't want to hit it. A red cockaded woodpecker. Oh. That's important. <laughs> it's not as any woodpecker. It's the red cockaded woodpecker or the darter snail or... What was the other? There's some turtle. I forgot what kind of turtle it was. Um, on this whole topic of Speaker of the House, uh, Grandstand from Huntsville says, elect Trump for Speaker until 2024. Nah, I don't think that's going to happen, dude. <laughs> I'm just saying no. <laughs> I see that as being a really bad precedent to set with a former president who's considered to be a firebrand coming in and being a non-elected Speaker of the House. No. Paul from Athens says, but vacation is a more important thing. Well, in the Biden administration, it is. Put a lid on that day. Get on the plane. Go to Delaware or St. Croix. All right, we're going to come back, and we're going to finish up Waters of the United States, the POTUS WOTUS. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned.
You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side studios for hour number three, the local, the state, the national, man, I'm telling you right now, this show covers all the issues, and like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, real quickly, before I wrap up the POTUS WOTUS, the water wars, uh, I will tell you that it appears that... uh, um, that uh, Kevin McCarthy has lost his third vote and that the House is expected to go to a fourth vote now for Speaker. Um, uh, interesting development. You know, and everybody knows there's eventually going to be a Speaker. But if you want to see, you know, true debate, if you want to see action the way it's supposed to be in Congress, then watch these proceedings. They're live. They're fascinating. And Chip Roy is right now on CNN because everybody wants to know what Chip Roy has to say because he's the guy who's leading the charge uh, from the Freedom Caucus. I say he's the face of it. I mean, there's, there's multiple members, but he's apparently been the one tapped to speak on behalf of those who were holding out. Uh, and he's telling them clearly what he wants, um, what they want. And uh, so we'll, we'll see where it goes. Uh, hey, li- listen, let me, let me wrap this up. POTUS WOTUS, the um, – and by the way, we have that interesting, I've changed the subject. Boomer, look out the window, man. Look how the lights are changing. Isn't that weird? So the this, this storm has passed, and now we got kind of light shining through the trees, and it's just, it's kind of unusual and has that post-storm look to it. Anyway, okay, there's, total aside, hey, squirrel. <laughs> I'm about to do a dipper. Squirrel. Okay, come back to us, Phil. Um, members of Congress are already speaking out about this uh, POTUS-WOTUS rule. Uh, here's one, U.S. Representative Estes from Kansas. Totally got out there and opposed this whole thing, saying this is wrong. Um, he says, in 2015, President Barack Obama broadened the definitions of the waters of the United States to even include the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans, the Mississippi River, and most controversially, wetlands, lakes, and modest rivers or streams. Donald Trump in 2020 implemented a rule excluding streams and wetlands from federal protection. And then, of course, we have Biden reverse Trump with a rule designed to resemble something that was more Obama era. Um, so this is, uh, this is what uh, Representative Estes describes as a detrimental government overreach into ponds and puddles a thousand miles away from the swamp. Well, you know, the problem they've got is they're not clearly defining what waters. In fact, one of the things that's so interesting here is, especially if you're one of those corporate farms, if you're a corporate multi-state farm, operation. And so you're, you're in different parts of the nation. Then according to Fox Business, the story that came out yesterday, there are no specific instances defined for adjacent waterways or wetlands to determine whether they be protected or not. Instead, the rules state that the impact depends on regional variations in climate, landscape, and geomorphology. What that basically means is depends on where you are. That's subjective. Let me ask you just a random question, all you right-side ruffians out there. If you're a farm owner, a rancher, doesn't matter whether you're row cropping or running cattle, you feel good about just leaving it up to whoever happens to be in charge of your local EPA office? I doubt it. I doubt it. Well, the geomorphology is different here, sir. Yeah, but my brother owns a ranch in Alabama. They don't have to deal with this. 
sir, this is not Alabama. This is neighboring Tennessee. We're going to do it different. That could happen. So Supreme Court has met in October to hear oral arguments on a case. Um, the Sacketts are a family. I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just give you the layout. I got a story here from CNN. CNN, Phil. Yes, I did. CNN. CNN's got a story about this very case in October. It says, in 2004, Chantel and Michael Sackett, listen to these details. This will blow your mind. Chantel and Michael Sackett purchased a vacant lot near Idaho's Priest Lake. By the way, this was already a developed area. Three years later, they broke ground, hoping to build their family home. But they soon got entangled in a regulatory dispute as they began backfilling the property with sand and gravel to create a stable grade. And you know, that's how, anybody who's ever built a house, you got you to gotta build the pad, all right? You, you can't just, just trust the ground. You got to build the pad, pack it, and get it all set for the foundation. At one point, it says the Sacketts were ordered to take actions. Oh, I'm sorry. They were given a cease and desist order by the EPA. And they're like, what? At one point, it says the Sacketts were ordered to take actions to restore the site. In other words, hey, you scrape all that away and put it back the way it was. They were told if they did not do so, they could be faced with penalties of up to $40,000 per day. Per day. Now, their property is bounded by roads to the north and south, but across the street, across the street, y'all, is a man-made ditch that drains about 35 acres of wetlands. And the permitting cost to do what the EPA was telling them they had to do would have cost thousands of dollars and take around two years to obtain. Like, just, just stop everything you're doing. Just, hey, don't build your dream house. We're sorry you bought the land. And oh, by the way, the Sackett stressed they had already obtained all their local building permits, and their site was bordered by developed properties and roads, and that nothing in their deed said that this was required. So they sued the EPA. Good for them. Well, they sued the EPA, and it is going all the way yonder, all the way to the Supreme Court. And so the Supreme Court heard oral arguments. In those oral arguments, the lawyer for the Sacketts stressed that no stream, river, or lake, or similar water body is anywhere on their property. And that what we're seeing here is emblematic, he said, of all that has gone wrong with the implementation of the Clean Water Act. Biden administration does not care. They could care less. They don't care a thing about the average farmer. They don't care a thing about you and I, and, and whether or not you want to build your dream house. The Sacketts, by the way, are not a giant cattle ranch like something off the show Yellowstone. This is just a family that bought a lot, and they're trying to build a house in a, in a developed area. And because there was a man-made drainage uh, ditch across the street from their house, they were being required by the EPA's definitions, facing penalties of 40000 freaking dollars a day. To, to do things differently and, and basically run up their costs thousands and thousands. Now, by the way, when Charlene and I built our house, I dealt, I dealt with the Department of Public Health. They were the mafia as far as I was concerned. EPA, far more. I, I cannot even imagine. The very idea that you would step in there where there's no deed, there's no, there's no uh, rights and reservations and restrictions and easements, there's nothing. There's nothing on your property that says when you bought it, you know, your due diligence could not have possibly shown you were going to be facing this. And the EPA steps in and goes, oh, hey, cease and desist. Why? Well, but, you know, because you got to you got to just, well, there's a, there's a drainage ditch over there. So? 
uh, we're going to charge you $40,000 a day. You don't get those $1,000 of permits and take two years to do it. You see the problem? You see the problem for the average family farm? This has got to stop, y'all. This is the kind of thing that this is the kind of thing that happens in a swamp where bureaucrats don't care, and where elected officials have the authority to say green means more than people. And I, I'm a I'm a I'm a complete believer in being a good steward of where we are. And no one is saying let's just dump pollution into the streams. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is there's nothing about the Sackett's land or any pond or puddle or ravine on somebody's property that should be ever considered to be a navigable water protected by the EPA's Clean Water Act and allow them to come on your property and change the, the right that you have to what the law calls the use and enjoyment of your property. Forget that. This is, this is where government becomes bigger than it should ever have been. And the libertarian side of me says, go away. Literally. I mean, there's a, there's a, place, a time and a place for government. There are essential services that have to happen. There is road building. There is defense. There is the police. There is fire. There is, you know, basic governance. There are things that have to happen. And I get it. And I applaud that. And I'm glad that there are people who would do those things. When a government becomes so big, they can send somebody over to your property, tell you not to build your house because a man-made ditch across the street is somehow affected. I got news. We've gone a step too far and we're looking at the fall of Rome. All right, enough of that. That's it. Number two in the Triple Dipper. I'm coming back. Well, this was this was next one's gonna be fun. It's not quite woke world. I call it trading blows in the woke wars. You're gonna want to hear some of the stuff that I've got about how the woke is pushing and the conservatives are pushing back. I'll tell you more. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. <laughs> 